What's up, Doc? Welcome to the Toad's Faves Rabbit Hole. Your cotton-tailed competitors are... Some bunny once told me the world was gonna roll me. I'm Zara. From the words of Pat and Oswald, I fantasize and idealize myself as Bugs Bunny, but I know deep down I'm a Daffy Duck. I'm Depot. I'm like a chocolate bunny. I may seem sweet on the outside, but inside I'm so, so hollow. I'm Brandon. Define bunnies. So it's post-Easter, and what do we have on the mind? And it is bunnies. <laughs> All sorts of bunnies. Uh, rabbits, jackrabbits. Hares. 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 Uh, yeah so we're not just covering easter bunny in fact spoilers i don't think the easter bunny's getting one mention this episode he'll probably get a lot of mentions this episode but he's he's not in our list so he's he's, a little overrated i guess i think people are traumatized as children if they ever encounter a a bunny costume yeah like a full body the the easter bunny is far more terrifying than santa claus Uh, and we we also make a conscious effort not to push the alt-right agenda so we like actively avoided (laughs) (laughs) no religion or politics battle begin round one the hair from aesop's fables versus brer rabbit wow well, following the, tab- the the fable of Aesop and the hare being fast, I'm going to go first. <laughs> I picked the hare from Aesop's table. Uh, table? Fable? <laughs> the hare from Aesop's fable. Um, this is, you know, one of the most famous tales, no pun intended, ever told. <laughs> Uh, which is the, you know, race between the fast, sassy hare and the slow-moving tortoise. And as we know in the fable, the slow tortoise wins because the hare takes a nap. And you might be wondering, Deepa, why would you pick the loser? But you know what I think is more important than winning or losing is being fast, quick-witted, bullying people, and being an aficionado of naps. And if that doesn't speak promise about a giant, like the best bunny in the world, I don't know what does. Okay, well, speaking of, uh, you know, trickster... Rabbit's up to no good. I'm talking and talking about. Did you say the tricks, Rabbit? No. (laughs) Br'er Rabbit. Even better. Br'er Rabbit uh, is a character who can be traced back to the African trickster tales. And when the um, African people came over uh, as immigrants, according to Ben Carson. Oh, uh, no. Um, they brought over. They brought over some of their stories, and they apparently um, intermixed with you know some of the American tall tales, um, especially those of the American Indian and this trickster character, who is often a spider in original African tales, became a rabbit. Um, and these rare rabbit tales kind of spread throughout the South uh, in the. Uh, late 1700s, early 1800s, and grew and grew uh, through oral tradition. Um, and some scholars think it's because um, that Br'er Rabbit represented the enslaved Africans who used their wits to overcome adversity against uh, their white slave owners. Um, and the stories were uh, actually first written down by Robert Roosevelt, who was an uncle of U.S. President Teddy Roosevelt. And Teddy Roosevelt wrote in his autobiography, uh, that his family knew all the Br'er Rabbit stories, but 
Apparently, they didn't take off until another man, Joel Chandler Harris, uh, brought them out. And that became the Bear Rabbit stories. So ah. just to be clear, your choice is about a African trickster spider that was appropriated by white culture and turned into a rabbit. And the spider was known he as was. a Nazi. Um, if you I were read the Nazi boys. Because uh, <laughs> if you were a progressive child in the 80s, you had many uh, African folktale book at your disposal to learn about a Nazi in the third grade. I wouldn't say it was a pro- it, it was, you know, I would not really appropriated. It was spread in, in a popular way by Joel Chandler Harris, who was a white man. But these t- tales were a part of African uh, American heritage for. So a very I'm long choosing. Time. I'm choosing to just appreciate Br'er Rabbit and not have him sullied in the yeah, mire. Yeah, I was giving the background the pit, of Br'er Rabbit will, I, of Song of the South, oh, the Tar Baby of Song of the South. Okay, so we want to just ignore his history, where <laughs> as opposed to the hair from Aesop's Table, which originated in six hundred twenty. Aesop's Tables is this? Oh, can you buy no, this at Clayton Barrel again? Aesop's Table. I'm sitting at a table. That must be it. Aesop's Fable. This is so embarrassing because little known fact, I starred as Aesop in my middle school production of Aesop's Fable. But not the hair. Not Aesop's tables or the hair. (laughs) Let's just be clear. I was neither the hair or the table. Um, Yeah, I mean, it's interesting that we have two trickster rabbits head to head. I know, but the thing is, like, I a lot of the rabbit characters are tricksters. Yeah, most rabbits are tricksters. (laughs) But with the hair, I just thought he was such a dick. Like, I hated that fail. And people, I said, Bear Rabbit. Bear Rabbit is is not. I won't call him a jerk. He's he's a trickster. He's loud. He's He's like a sweet trickster character as opposed to malicious because he's actually being attacked. Like the reason why he's tricking people or Bear Fox and Bear Bear. Is because they're after him, and he's just like trying and to get away. Did you know that Br'er is um, brother, but just shortened it in a southern accent? Yeah, <laughs> oh, the history oh, emerges. Do you know um, table is another word for fable? Oh, yes. <laughs> in the original <laughs> <On> Greek. <laughs> um, but sorry, just really, you know, it took a moment. I know I picked a villain, but like, really, think of all your friends and your favorite comedians, and who are they more like? The tortoise or the hare? Well, pa- past guest Brian Foss, who you you love dearly, who does he hair. remind you a little bit of? A hare. There more we go. Of a rabbit, yeah. I would say. No, more of a hare. <laughs> <laughs> I this is hard because I I do I can if you can disassociate Br'er Rabbit from Song of the South. I did have a book of Br'er Rabbit. Folktales as well to go with the Anansi folktale book <laughs> and, <laughs> and my Aesop's Fables book. official Disney book. I did also, too. I didn't even get into Splash Mountain. I know. We can save. So <laughs> the reason, so I'm just going to break it to you and the reason, I'm going with Br'er Rabbit because I do oh. want to talk about Splash Mountain later. And it's also the hair, like of all the Aesop Fables, I loved, like I identified more with the crow, like other tricksters. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and the hair because the hair it was like a lazy like I feel like I identified so much with the tortoise being not fast or good at sports, um, and the hair just defined it, the hair is like the jock of Aesop's fables, and I'm I just can't vote for him. Yeah, but it was sort of the backbone of the fable. Just remember, sometimes for a hero to emerge, a villain has to exist. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> no, bear rabbit. 
Energizer Bunny versus Bean Bunny. Very cute bunnies. Um, I'll quickly talk about Bean Bunny. Bean Bunny, I picked because he's so goddamn cute. He is the Muppet Bunny who was first featured in Tales of the um, the Bunny Picnic, and he was featured on the Muppet Show, and he was in uh, Muppet Christmas Carol. And so, basically, from the eighties on, they have a side character of Bean Bunny, and Bean Bunny is so cute and supposedly one of the reasons why they made him so cute. I mean, all the bunnies in that bunny uh, made for TV movie were adorable, but the reason why they sort of latched onto him was to quote um, Brian Henson inside the Muppet company. We love to hate being bunny. So in creating this super cute, like just uber cute bun bun character with his little tie and his little jacket and his little fluffy face, they, put all like lumped all the cuteness together so the Muppets would never be called cute. They could just relegate all that cuteness to one character and then hopefully he could just be the cute one and bad stuff can happen to him and it would be funny. And that is why I picked Mr. Bean Bunny and he's so cute. I don't even know if I should argue for the Energizer Bunny or should I just say is there no category safe from the Muppets? <laughs> like, can, can there be a single category in Toots Babes that doesn't center around Brandon and Zara tag team Deepu by picking something that's a Muppet? But I'll give it a go. So the Energizer Bunny is one of the hallmarks of all advertising and certainly the hallmark of advertising for batteries. Um, he's the mascot for the Energizer battery. He comes from sort of a sordid past where there was a Duracell commercial where they showed light bulbs that Duracell was charging, beating out all the other competitors. But it wasn't fair because they were only competing against other alkaline-based battery competitors, and Duracell used an alternative energy source. So they came out with this biting advertising campaign that basically mimicked the Duracell um, bunny commercial but then just had it end and had the Energizer coming out, sassy as what? Like, maybe even sassy as Ansari, right? Coming out, beating his bass drum, saying, I'm the best. And then from then on, like, it was an advertising heyday. Like, there were so many commercials where they even started making up fake products like hemorrhoid creams and, like, fake vacation getaways just to have the whole advertising commercial happen. And then the, like, Duracell Bunny... Oh, no, the Energizer Bunny, which is bust out at the end. So it was like this like whole ruse. Again, being a trickster bunny that, I don't know, just defined my childhood in a lot of ways. Because he just kept on going on and on and on. Arguably the number one best ad campaign to ever be made. Um, I, won't, I won't correct you because a choice of mine is another popular bunny ad campaign. And it is coming down the pike. Uh, I would just like to <laughs> throw a wrench in this whole thing in that saying... Um, that uh, Jim Henson's Creature Shop did a lot of work on the Energizer Bunny ad, ad campaigns. Oh, wow. So you, not without I, realizing it, put a Muppet into the mix. I, I, I did a, I like tricked myself. The, the, the Energizer Bunny played a trick on me <laughs> by being a Jim Henson creation. So, Deepu, kind of a little bit, little bit of um, your opinion on the personality of the energizer bunny other than cool 90s character 
I mean, he had sunglasses, so we yeah, knew he was cool. Sunglasses. Like Joe Cool oh, when, yeah. when Snoopy was doing MetLife. He's like, Sonic the Hedgehog. And that was uh, sort of enough, but the other, I don't know if any of you guys were in band, but everybody knew the coolest person in the marching band was the bass drum player. They're understated. They're like the James Dean of the band. He's the James Dean of bunnies with his glasses and his mallet and his, and his bass fluff. drum. Making biting As a drum commentary. captain, I'll have thoughts about which of the coolest yeah, what drummers. Did, which drum did you play, Brandon? Snare drum. So he just lost some points. Wow. He didn't even um, know it. From every story you've told me, Brandon, I don't think you identified as the coolest in, in, in high school. I'm if just being fair to the crowd. from this side wasn't a giveaway. Yeah. I wouldn't describe uh, you as the James Dean of your high school. <laughs> It's Deepu. I want. It's here's the thing. Here is that I want to give. I want. It's like I almost. I want to give Deepu a win here. Um, but it's not about me. It's about who's the most prominent bunny in town. I know some bunny. But I'm I've explain, never heard I'm of. Expl- I'm gonna just. I'm trying to soften <laughs> well, if the blow. You say prominent. I mean, it, then it, you do have to give it to the Energizer Bunny because he dominated. <laughs> yeah, I appreciate. He was the, like the Geico lizard of his day. He was like super cool, and they still <laughs> use him. I mean, he was super cool in the '90s way, but they haven't tried to like re rejigger him into something modern cool. They still kind of use him on the packaging and things, which I appreciate. He's still on the packaging. Yeah, he's timeless. Yeah. He's timeless. He's <laughs> wow. there. Yeah, he's, he'll never go away. But I mean, they haven't like slimmed him out. He's still like portly, and he's got a little fat. He's butt. a bunny. Are you well, you know why? It's because he goes on <laughs> and on and on. No, but like they, you know, they haven't like slimmed them out and made him like have like a Snapchat cool account, yeah. and like you know, he's not, he's not like, he's not been updated at all. He's not like has a Harry Harry Styles haircut. Yeah, um, and I just want to challenge when they updated Huey, Dewey, and Louie, and they were like kind of hot. They haven't done that. Yeah, they haven't done that with the Energizer Bunny. <laughs> he's not <laughs> hot yet. I um, just also want to challenge both you and Zara to maybe use other Muppet characters as the denominator. Like out of <laughs> all the Muppets the in the Muppet, Muppet universe. This is I'm another saying, Muppet. That's what like, I'm saying. So out of all the Muppets in the world, you're going to pick Bean Bunny? Or are you just grabbing for straws to grab a no, Muppet? Uh, no, he's a bunny. You know Bean I mean? Bunny also was no, really pathetic when he was bunny. shivering in Muppet Christmas Carol. Oh, when he shivered in Muppet Christmas yeah. Carol. Yeah. He, he got the turkey. And it's cute. <laughs> he, got, he got the turkey in Muppet Christmas Carol. Oh, yeah. Um, there's, there's a room and a place for Muppets in this show. I mean, it's I Brandon's choice. You just can't be to beat the Energizer Bunny, Bunny in the rabbit episode, but it's your call, Brandon. That's, that's the game. Um, you know what? Zara's making an unfair face right now. I'm, <laughs> I'm looking away. You don't have to look at I, don't I actually appreciate face, that but... being Bunny, not as a Muppet, is I think if you looked at a lot of top lists for bunnies, Energizer Bunny is going to show up on there. I don't think many are going to have. Oh, you thought bunny. he was going the other way, Deepu. Well, I don't know if he's going to pick the undercover agent or the, oh. the, the popular pick yet. Uh, so I don't want to go with the cool popular one. I want to go with the pathetic one that shivered him up as Christmas Carol. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm going to go with Bean You're Bunny. You're never going to vote against, <laughs> against Muppet. I'm, you know, I just called next week we do top... Totes faves Muppets. Like let's just let's just <laughs> embrace that this is the podcast now. <laughs> Totes Muppets. Muppets. <laughs> Bugs Bunny versus the White Rabbit. So someone 
namely, I guess I'm the only one, but I had to put Bugs Bunny in here, which seems like an obvious choice when you're thinking of rabbits, hares, bunnies of all kinds. Um, and just because, so everyone knows Bugs Bunny. He was, the, he's a star of Merry Melodies and Looney Tunes. He first sort of appeared officially in 1940. Um, he's sort of your classic trickster cartoon character. And specifically, I want to give a shout out to my favorite trope in a Bugs Bunny cartoon, which is when he disguises himself as someone else. And it just with like by having a hat or a wig and suddenly he's a completely different character. And that person would be when he plays Brimhilda in What's Opera Doc, which is the opera themed Bugs Bunny cartoon episode where Elmer Fudd reenacts. They reenact this whole Wagner opera and Bugs Bunny just has like a blonde wig and um, one of those like Viking bras and rides a super fat horse through the cartoon. And suddenly Elmer Fudd is in love and it's perfect and so funny. And I think just Bugs Bunny, we are talking a lot about trickster characters and it's like he is the king of the trickster bunnies and so funny. And I was definitely growing up more, I was more of a Bugs Bunny lover than a Mickey Mouse lover because I always found like Mickey to be a little like one note one note and um like things always happened to him whereas bugs bunny like did stuff to other people oh so i like i like that that's why i vote for bugs Uh, i'm representing the white rabbit from lewis carroll's alice in wonderland uh representing a lot of white things today brandon uh (laughs) (laughs) well with rabbits you only have uh a couple choices of color um, but I'm gonna go with the White Rabbit. Um, who he's the character that leads Alice into Wonderland. Um, he is extremely afraid of being late, and he carries a little pocket watch. Um, probably af- afraid of being late to the Queen's parties because he doesn't want his head chopped off. Um, he's extremely nervous, and he's one of those characters that has appeared through in so many different types of movies and TV shows and video games. Um, and he's also a and symbol. And Matrix. Well, as I was saying, he's also a symbol <laughs> of, uh, you know, chasing, chasing that, um, that high, chasing that, um, that, that next thing. He's, you know, he's the, this symbol of, you know, of taking a trip and going on, going off. Uh, great song by Jefferson, uh, airplane. Um, and you know that's that's the white rabbit. Well, I I don't want to be a negative Nelson over here, but literally for me, this is a two decision, like a decision between two things I hate. Like, I hate <laughs> them both of them. Like I hate what a little shit Bugs Bunny was. Like he was such a little shit. And then that rabbit is too frenetic. The white rabbit is too frenetic. Like, chill out, dude. Like, you got to take it. Like, one of them, no. One of them, no. Both of them needed to be on Quaaludes, and then I would probably enjoy both of their personalities better. So it's very difficult to um, decide, like, who do I hate more? I, you know? I just, I will say, like, I, in general, in pop culture, I love the worried character. Brandon knows this, like on Sesame mm-hmm. Street. I love Telly. Yeah, you're going against the wor- He's like the one of the most but, worried characters. He's almost too worried, especially in the Disney cartoon version. It's like, calm down. Like, where, yeah. where you're late? Where are you trying to go? Nowhere. You're a rabbit. He's going to the Queen's party. Right, but it's just, <laughs> especially I think it was the Disney cartoon version. I was like, ugh. 
Oh, enough already. But then that's like, I almost didn't watch Looney Tunes because I thought Bugs oh, Bunny love, was so annoying. So I hated Tom from Tom and Jerry, number one, because like, oh no, I hated Jerry beating up on Tom because I thought that was like, I hated the mouse. First of all, I love cats, but also second of all, it was just like more beating up. And same with like Wiley Coyote and Roadrunner. It was the tricking was like nastier, but for Bugs, it was more like getting him out of a sticky situation. <laughs> and I admired the sarcasm and references to 1940s and 50s film and theater, which I didn't understand until many years later. <laughs> but Deepu, at least my character isn't a stinker. He's not a stinker. <laughs> he, he, he calls other people. Oh, no, he is, says he is a stinker. He's also not a bad character. He does help her, Alice. Here's what's going to define it. Was, was the White Rabbit friends with the Mad Hatter? No, that's the I March hated Hare. the Mad Hatter. Well, but, like, they Did all, you like the Mad Hatter? Was he at the party or not? No, he never shows up. No, the March Hare is at the party. Oh, okay. He's okay. So He's kind of like... I'm bad. making my decision based off of this. <laughs> That you're only as good as the friends you keep. And if there's one thing I hate more than the White Rabbit, it's the Mad Hatter. And if he is good enough to know that he shouldn't be at that party, I'd rather vote for him. Wait, so, so who are you voting for? The White Rabbit, because he's not friends with the Mad Hatter. Not because I endorse oh. him specifically, <laughs> just that he keeps better friends than Bugs Bunny. It's true. Fine. <laughs> I think Bugs Bunny used to make fun of everybody else's speech impediments. Like that was his shtick, Zara. He he's a real bully. He is nobody's he's he's a like, bully. He's a but bully. they're bullying him, and he's bullying back. He's like the underdog bullying the hunter who's about to shoot him. I think he's the star quarterback who's just picking on people in a wheelchair. <laughs> I had this thought growing up too that. Elmer Fudd was not necessarily a bad guy. He was just like a guy on vacation. And this poor rabbit is... Well, he's a hunter. (laughs) Lots of people want to shoot rabbits. I just felt that he was like this retiree that was like, you know, on vacation, enjoying his time out in the woods. And then this rabbit comes around and just literally massacres this poor old man. He tries to... He puts his gun in Bugs' hole. (laughs) Oh, Zara. (laughs) Hashtag slash Think fiction. Think about that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'll go write my slash fiction. You. Vanicula versus my melody. Okay. So, so my oh. melody is um, a little girl rabbit from the family of Sancio, the makers of Hello Kitty. So Hello Kitty was their first ultra cute thing to launch, and then in 1975 they needed another cute companion for her. So they made my melody. Who, if you haven't seen her, grab your uh, phone and look it up. She's this adorable rabbit that wears a hoodie, and the hoodie per- like perfectly fits over her ears in a way that's really cute. Um, and she's just like the most adorable, sweetest character. She's not like as much of a ham as um, as Hello Kitty was, but she was like you know the best friend. That's also very cute. And you're probably like, oh, like what do we need another female archetype? That's an adorable stuffed animal in Japan. But she later got her own anime show where she was a strong ass, powerful female. Uh, battling dark music in the world. I don't, I don't really fully understand the anime, but there's allegedly <laughs> dark music in the world. And she was like given this beautiful note maker where if she could make more 
pink notes compared to the dark black notes that were existing in this universe, then the world would be safe. And um, that's what my melody did. And just like, I'm not the only person that thinks she's great because I read that in 1996, according to Strawberry News, the well-known magazine published by Sanrio... (laughs) Reader mm-hmm, survey. Mm-hmm. You, you know, we all have subscriptions to the Strawberry News. Uh, she was one of the top three most popular characters in Sanrio. Um, that they now just started like relaunching her her stuffed animals and hoodie. Uh, I'm gonna bring forth a character that's a little bit more um, dark, um, Banicula, from the children's book written by James Howe. Uh, uh, it was um, James Howe wrote it with his uh, then writing partner wife Deborah, uh, but she died before it, she it could go to print. And um, this story kind of exploded his career, massive success. It was one of my favorite books growing up as a child. It's about uh, a cat named Chester and a dog named Harold, whose family gets adopts a little white bunny, and when this little white bunny comes in. Um, the house vegetables start to be <laughs> appearing. Uh, uh, vegetables start to appear that are dry, and the cat believes that the uh, bunny is a vampire, and the dog doesn't believe him. And it turns out that he is a vampire. It's Banicula, and it is a wonderful, cute, wonderful little story um, that is I still revisit on Halloween's once in a while. So I can't remember, Brendan. What um, what color was Benicula's hoodie? Well, in a way, Benicula's <laughs> eyes matched m- m- my Melody's hoodie, which was red. He had a red. He had red eyes, and uh, he was a little white bunny with a black uh, cape pattern. Oh, but, so they both but, have capes? Yes. <laughs> I don't know. This, okay, this wait. This is really hard. Field. This is really hard. They both have capes. I don't know how to process this. When I was little, I feel like uh, one of the reasons my melody is so successful is she was one of the originals with Hello Kitty yes. and Little Twin Stars. Uh-huh, so the I first had three. That's first one, two, three. three. So I, had, I definitely had some my melody. I think I had a my melody purse when I was little, like a little coin purse. Because, you know, I love a little cute Japanese thing, even as a yeah. child. Um, and I just have to say... I mean, I love Benicula. I read the sequel. Isn't there a sequel? There's several sequels. The whole several series. sequels. Um, oh, vampires about- never die. <laughs> so, so, so. Oh, Benicula lived on. I thought you multiple. said that. I thought you were saying that was the name of the sequel, and I was like, "Ooh, it was dark. <laughs> <laughs> it's for children." Vampires it is a pretty scary die. story. I know it is really good. Oh, and Benicula I really three vampires never die. Chester, <laughs> I thought you'd love Chester and Harold. I love them. Like a, a, a bloodhound kind of sheepdog, like a big old dog who's where who's who's like ah, oh, you know. The cat's all worried and crazed, and H- Harold is all like, oh, don't worry, whatever kind of thing. <laughs> and I'll throw out, too, just um, to, to Zara, that in a later book, they introduced Sunicula, who is the son of Benicula. That's unnecessary. <laughs> as much as I love a... Oh, wait, no, I had this one. I'm just reading the next one. The next one was Holiday Inn. I had that and the celery stalks at midnight. So two very good, very good puns. Very it's good full puns. of puns. There's also Edgar Allan Crow. Oh yeah, there is. A, <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. But I will say, I just um, quickly googled my melody just to so I could remember her a little bit. 
And on her character page, this is her official character page, it says her favorite things are that she's very honest and good-natured. She mm-hmm. treasures the hood her grandma made her. Oh. And the third thing is the one I most agree with, which, which is she adores almond pound cake. Oh, I, I, love, I love marzipan. Also, one time my melody on the back of a notepad just fell asleep in a field of strawberries. (laughs) (laughs) And I also like it when she's like serious or sad, her ears droop. Uh Uh-huh. Just one of them, though. Just one of them. (laughs) (laughs) So it's like a little curious, like, is the hood her ears or is the hood covered I'm seeing this and I'm like, is it even a bunny? Is it a bear with a bunny hat on? Well, you never know with Sanrio because isn't Hello Kitty... Not a kitty. Isn't that a huge thing? I would ask, I would ask the member of the fan club on Skype. Uh, that's me. I always thought Hello Kitty was a cat because she has whiskers, but I guess she could be a rat. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not sure, but I know for a fact my melody. I know this first hand that my melody is yeah. a bunny. <laughs> so what's it going to be, Zara? Um, I mean, I just love pound cake, so I prefer that to celery. <laughs> so there we go. All right. I, 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 sorry, Vanicula, I tried. Round two, Frank versus Br'er Rabbit. Well, um, Frank was my choice, and I know Brandon just said he went a little dark with one of his bunnies with the cute, adorable, potentially vampire bunny, but I think I actually went dark with my choice for Frank. Um, so Frank is the seven foot tall metal faced sort of bloody mouth bunny from Donnie Darko. Um, so that's a movie that has to deal with time travel and it's super creepy and it's Jake Gyllenhaal. Maybe his breakout movie, arguably his breakout movie and basically the like plot pusher. So not the star of the movie, but like the, the plot protagonist that I would literally have to take 45 minutes of this podcast to explain what his role in the movie was because you have to talk about three alternative time streams <laughs> to, to, to understand what Frank's real role is in there. Also, did, did he cause it or was he just like showing the future? This we'll never know. We'll never know. But um, he's often referred to in the fan lore of, um, of Donnie Darko as a manipulated dead. So I would guess I'll just describe, I'm going to end with a short life-size demonic looking rabbit named Frank, who's a manipulated dad that pushes the plot along to Donnie Darko, which was one of my favorite movies when I was an adolescent. Well, I'm going to go with the timeless Br'er Rabbit, um, who, um, you know, I'm going to bring up Splash Mountain and why it's so important to Br'er Rabbit, because it is the... Is the best ride, um, and that is not um, for argument. It is the best ride. Um, and wait, compared is, to Space Mountain? Yeah, I think Splash Mountain is the best ride. I'm I'm pro Space Mountain myself. Brandon knows oh. I get so scared on Splash Mountain. I don't like she dropped. We can talk about this later. Sheila, make, <laughs> Sheila should make a note that uh, we need to do a future episode on best Disney rides. Oh, I, that's that's on the list. That's on the yeah. list. Yeah, but don't keep worry, going. That, that will happen. Um, but you we'll know, uh, my thing about Br'er Rabbit is that I, I love that he is a unique American creation. Not that I guess Frank would be as well, but I mean, Br'er Rabbit is is a you know, it's our, America doesn't have a lot of its own folklore, and from what I've 
can tell in my research, it took the African-American tales mis- mixing with the Native American and then the, um, the Caucasians coming in and, and ma- mixing them up and publishing them to make these kind of unique um, American folk tales. And I, th- I think that they are the kind of thing that will probably last for literally forever. And Donnie Darko, I, I, I doubt a child now knows about Donnie Darko. So there you go. Well, Donnie Darko ch- is one of those movies I'm I want to rewatch, but I'm scared to because I also loved it so much when I was when I think we were like 18. Were we in high school? Oh. I feel like that was like a freshman year of college. It was college. Yeah, I would go visit uh, my dear friend Justin at WVU where we would proceed to get smashed every night. And he only had one DVD that he would put on, which was Donnie Darko's. So I've watched the first 15 minutes of it before passing out at least 100 times. Yeah, and it was one of those movies. It was one of the first movies I had a torrent of and like had a burned DVD of it that I carried around in a binder because I was like, this is really important. But now I'm like. I'm a little scared because it's so angsty <laughs> that I'm wondering what it was like. But that bunny was so scary. Frank terrified me. Yeah, just with him and Gary Jules' Mad World playing oh, in the yeah. background, like the that defines that defines me being 18 and like sullen. Yeah, being like he gets it. But Frank, <laughs> as a character, <laughs> he's disturbing. You don't know exactly what or who he is, although it's kind of implied that he's like a dead friend, right? Oh yeah, they have. There is that plot. Yeah, he. Like he's like he's a um. So I don't even if you know he's an actual rabbit. He's a oh, rabbit. He's a he. He's as much of a rabbit as um my melody is. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Actually, <laughs> that's exactly exactly true. Because he yes. also wore a hoodie. I guess I only picked rabbits that were wearing hoodies. Was my that's true. Was, hoodies was are the common thread. We should do a Toad's Fame hoodies. <laughs> Characters and people. I who will find a Muppet in a hoodie. I will. <laughs> Robin. Robin. Robin has a hoodie. Robin has a hoodie. There we go. <laughs> Did you mean Robin of Robin Hood? No, no, Robin oh. the Frog. Robin Kermit's the Frog. Nephew. Okay, because Robin Never Hood mind. wears a hoodie too. Uh, side track, Zara. Side <laughs> what, track. Are you, what are you feeling? Well, offline. Um, <laughs> I, I mean, I just, I do love Bear Rabbit. I like the idea. I Although I worry about the problematic nature of, is it just folktales that are stolen, like a voice that's stolen a little bit? And like, like white it out. <laughs> I need to. I feel like I really need to. I don't know. I don't. I really don't it. know about it that. I think because the Disney thing mixes that up a little bit. Yeah. But I do feel like it was kind of like with what Washington Irving was doing about taking the Dutch immigrants' folk tales and putting them together. This guy just kind of took the right. You know the African American folk tales and put them all together. I mean, I love. So I love Bear Rabbit, and it almost makes me like. It's a shame Song of the South is so horrible that they couldn't just like take out the animated parts. The animated parts with Burr Rabbit are great. Aren't that offensive, except no. for the tar baby part. Yes. <laughs> but that's you, from the story. Just said? Which is from the story. <laughs> it's from the story. So it's like the stories, it's like, ah, uh, I don't want to. I feel like I need to not write, offensive I, like, except for the tar essay. baby. <laughs> I need to read a whole, like, I need to read like six or seven hot takes before I can 
fully get into this and support it. You need to listen to like an NPR podcast about Brer Rabbit. Like a multi-part NPR, like, yeah, WNYC podcast about it. And like this is WNYC. um, We're going to talk about uh, Brer Rabbit. And then actually it would start, it would probably start with someone like unwrapping like a piece of candy, like a sound of that. And they'd be like, well, let me tell you a little something. (laughs) (laughs) Let's do that. Let's do that improv scene. Let's turn this into an improv podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I mean, I would appreciate it because I want, I would love to hear more, but they, I, because I worry that I'm ignorant about, the true nature of this, I will pick Frank. I'm sorry. Look, you don't want to be on the record endorsing something. Although everything about Frank record. is unknown and strange and problematic. But it's like alien. It's not like another culture that was stolen. <laughs> the Killer Rabbit of Kalbanok versus My Melody. Wow. <laughs> Two ends of a spectrum. <laughs> Two different bunnies in this case. Um, I picked the killer, the killer rabbit of Kerbenog from Monty Python and the Holy Grail. Their 1975 amazing movie about um, the Knights of the Round Table searching for the Holy Grail. And towards the end of the movie, there's an iconic scene where they're about to enter a monster's cave that's guarded by a beast that's terrible beast. Um, and it turns out to be a little white fluffy bunny played both by a live action real little white bunny and an amazing bunny puppet with tiny little teeth. And so it's just a perfect comic scene of people of the night seeing the bunny, expecting it's just a bunny going, trying to kill it. And then the bunny leaps up and one by one rips them apart. And it's so funny and so great. And um, I just love, I also love a fight sequence that's like clearly fake with puppets. And they do an amazing job of showing a real bunny like hopping around amongst bodies and bones and then cut to like a crazy puppet just like ripping apart people with blood splurting everywhere. And it is one of my favorite bunnies. I had it as my number two. It is the killer rabbit. Um, This is a little controversial, but I'm going to say it. Uh, I typically hate all of um, Monty Python. Like, it's not my cup of tea for humor, but I would say one of the few things I like from Monty Python is this, is this rabbit. Like, it is perfect. <laughs> like, it is literally perfect. Like, I don't like that type of humor, and it's just done so perfectly well that I have to even appreciate it as a comedy enthusiast. So, like, I, I don't know, Brandon, like, I, I want to vote for that, for that. And it's hard because I love Miss Melody. But um, Miss Melody, I oh, believe it's oh, my so melody. My melody, sorry. I thought I was um, being formal. Uh, Zara, Zara just uh, fused my melody with Jack K from 227 <laughs> and made Miss <laughs> <made Ms>. Melody. <laughs> Maybe I did. <laughs> Why is it called my melody? Um, because, you know, in the They're anime, she called. was trying to make positive melodies. But, like, why is Hello Kitty called Hello Kitty? <laughs> it's, it's a good point. I guess, but I don't know. That somehow makes more sense to me than my melody. I guess because it's saying it's my melody. Like, I mean, she's not like if this was between oh, Gudetama, Gudetama, is, but Gudetama is also San, San Sanrio. Sanrio. Yeah, I think they 
I don't think they created Gudetama. I almost think that they acquired Gudetama. Gudetama, <laughs> for those who don't know, is, the is, lazy egg. is a lazy egg. He's an egg yolk that's so exhausting. Oh, Karopi. I remember Karopi. Karopi <laughs> was around. We're just looking at all of them We're now. just naming this is, um, Sanrio was characters. What was the dog? Oh, what's the, yeah, little, what's the little frog? What's the thing Karopi. in a frog Karopi. outfit? Karopi. Yeah, I like Karopi him. was very popular in my school for some reason. Yeah, I, Karopi was big for boys. Like, boys liked Karopi, I feel. Yeah, because he was like. Oh, I love this. He was penguin. like masculine in a way. I tuxedo guess. Tuxedo Sam. Oh, Tuxedo Sam. Tuxedo Sam was, was my favorite. He's the best. So what we're saying is, um, <laughs> Miss Melody is not. <laughs> is it's not, not the cream there. of the crop of these animals that with nonsense names and nonsense clothes. And hoods. <laughs> Actually, the clothes are sensible. The animals are nonsense. Wait, are we gonna go <laughs> as the cast of uh, San? San Sanrio for Halloween next year. Uh, <laughs> Did yes. we just decide that? Yes. Oh wait, I want to be. There's a new. <laughs> there's a new one that's like a slide of steak, like a slide, oh. like Karimi Chan. I have not seen this. <laughs> we one. have to move on because that is on, really, really disturbing. <laughs> the Canberry Bunny versus the White Rabbit. See, I told you there were other famous. Um, like advertising rabbits coming down the bike. <laughs> you did. <laughs> I did. And so I picked, this is my number one of bunnies is the Cadbury <laughs> bunny. And it could be, I don't think it's because it's just been Easter and the, the commercial's on again. But that is one of the reasons because the reason why I love this bunny, it was introduced. It's only in the North American market. It was, even though Cadbury obviously comes from England um, they brought us the Cadbury cream egg, a delicious chocolate egg filled with a sweet cream that looks like an egg yolk, which as a child and even today is miraculous and amazing. And so in North America, they started when they brought them over here, they started airing um, in 1983. And then they had an um, which was just the classic clucking white bunny, which was so weird and adorable because it's like, of course, a chocolate egg comes from. It's an egg, so it comes from a chicken, but it's Easter, so it comes from a bunny. Yes, it works. It works. It makes sense. Here's our Cadbury bunny. And my favorite commercial of this set that came out came out in 1993, and it's the one with the different animals auditioning to be the Cadbury bunny. And features like a lion with a tiny little like bunny ears on its head, which as a child delighted me. And as an adult delights you. As an adult. Like, so this one, they still air. And I think this is just a testament to how wonderful the Cadbury Bunny is, that they're still airing this commercial from 1993 and even the earlier ones. But you see the one, the, particularly the one with the other animals auditioning, all like for two months ahead of Easter. And it means like, Cadbury eggs are coming. Chocolate eggs are coming. It's all jelly beans are coming. It's the best. And I love Cadbury Bunny. Um. So I just want to say we're also at that time right now, perfectly, where the Cadbury eggs are all like ten cents at CVS's. So <laughs> go stock up. Um, you know, I, I there's a again kind of I want to play the timeless icon kind of thing, but with the White Rabbit, I feel that you know he's. Um, I personally love whenever he hops up into a into a, a movie or TV show or a video game. Uh, he. I also think there's a cool th- kind of dynamic where um, he's kind of represents, I feel, to Lewis Carroll, kind of like middle class, like the middle class. He's not in charge, but he's got some sort of um, uh, 
you know, he's got some money. He seems like he's well. He has a pocket watch. He's he has a, a waistcoat. Pocket watch and a waistcoat, and he's got a wife and a little house. Um, and he par- apparently has a, has a maid. Um, but <gasps> so, but I mean, so he's not. <laughs> Sorry, he's, not was, he's the middle class. Take it back. I do like at the end. In the Disney version where he has his little hearts costume on. Like, he has, like, a special outfit for the Queen of Hearts. Yeah, when he's the crier. Yeah. Um, so, again, I don't feel with Deepu as the deciding factor here if we're going to get very far with the White Rabbit. But, but does he go, like... Does he like the Cadbury Bunny? We'll have to find out. I, <clears throat> I have a strong feeling about the Cadbury Bunny. Uh-oh. That is the exact opposite of my feeling about Cadbury Eggs. Where is this going? And, and I hate <laughs> Cadbury <laughs> eggs and love that bunny. Oh. I love that bunny. It's so conflicting for I you. I think it's probably the first piece of like absurdist, like popular. <laughs> it doesn't like, make it's sense. It's so absurd. And it was a huge marketing campaign that was absolutely the most bizarre thing in the world and was sustainable. Like, I love it. But I, Cadbury eggs, the insides gross me out because they remind me of other things that are gross. But that's right. neither here nor there. Um, so it's just I, I'm the sorry. Best, like, is it like a platypus because it lays eggs? Like, is it like another You species? can't think too hard. It's like, why is you can't just like... Why is the bunny clucking? You and it's not the Easter bunny, it's the Cadbury bunny. Right. So it's another And they do creature. the Cadbury and Caramel bunny, who I think is brown. Isn't that that was like a later commercial. But Yeah, it's whatever not, it is, it's so bizarre and I love it. And those commercials, like, yeah, that that lion. They're still airing. Ugh. Oh, the lion. Ugh. Ugh. Goes, I love it's the it. Best. <laughs> I, I love like it, I love it, I love it. I don't like to think about the Cadbury eggs. I'm okay with the Cadbury eggs coming from a mammal. Oh, you don't want it's them to be like a turtle egg, like a like, weird, gross, like, a turtle like with egg. a soft shell and they covered in goo. In that creative meaning, that brainstorm, they should have they shouldn't have used any animals that actually lay eggs. And that turtle, but he's of, so cute with his little bunny ears. And he's slow. <laughs> it's good. <laughs> Stood the test of time. So deep, we're going with the Cadbury bunny. Uh, absolutely, but no Cadbury eggs, thank you. Oswald the Lucky Rabbit versus Bean Bunny. So the robot was a little bit jarbled there. It said Oswald, the lucky rabbit, who was created by Walt Disney and Oob Iwerks when they were at Universal in 1927. And Disney chose to make the character a rabbit because there were so many animated cats like Felix at the time. And um, even though he looked exactly like Felix, except with long ears. Yeah. But all (laughs) all animated characters looked were like little black uh, creatures with pants, and um, the story goes, which is very interesting. Which I think kind of is the interesting part about this whole story is that um, in the spring of 1928, when the whole market crashed, uh, Disney uh, traveled to New York City in hopes of negotiating a more a better contract um, for Oswald the Lucky Rabbit with Universal, and it didn't work. It fell through, and Disney quit. Uh, which meant he lost Oswald the Rabbit, who he had a lot of success with. And so on the train ride back to L.A. from, uh, from New York City, um, uh, that, that's when uh, Walt Disney figured out Mickey Mouse. And basically he took Oswald the Rabbit and changed the long ears to round ears, and he had Mickey Mouse. And um, it wasn't until years later, and um, 
2006, Bob Iger, uh, who the CEO of Disney, initiated a trade with NBC Universal uh, to get uh, to get the sportscaster Al Michaels. And in that <laughs> weird trade to get Al Michaels, uh, Universal gave up uh, gave up Oswald the Rabbit, and now he's back at Disney. I don't know what else can be said about Bean Bunny besides he's an adorable bunny with a waistcoat and a or not a waistcoat like a little jacket and a little little scarf. A tethered blue scarf that's in my favorite color. <laughs> I mean, he might be your style icon a little bit. I mean, the way also the way this scarf is tied is very just like just like perfect. It's not a bow. It's like a little like a loose top knot. Um, and I think. One of the reasons why he's the best and he inspires this like, oh, my God, he's so cute. Um, And everything I read about him in interviews that people who worked at the Muppets have given, they say that one of the reasons why they made him so cute was to distract from the other Muppets. But also he invokes this like the feeling when you see something so cute, you want to like squish its face or like Mm -hmm. mash it up or destroy it. And so then they use that character as someone that you could just like you know, open a door and smack him in the face or have him trip or throw a giant turkey on him and have him like fall. Cause it was funny. Cause he was so cute. And so I like the tool of being bunny. And also I love his cute face. And when he shivers. So here's the problem. And I don't feel great about this way to make my decision is that I have no idea who Oswald is. <laughs> So I but have to I... pick being bunny. I don't even know who he is. But Whoa. also isn't Oswald like, very close to when they were making like minstrel characters, but the, all animated characters were, were minstrels. Okay, so it was Mickey Mouse. Mickey Mouse became, was basically Oswald the Rabbit. Um, but Oswald the Rabbit, he's, I just don't know who he is. He's in the park, so he's all over the parks now. And he's like, not. He's only. He's in not a toy. all over. He's in a couple places in the parks. He looks like Felix the Cat or like early Mickey Mouse, but with, like instead itchy? of circular ears. Does he, he look like yes. itchy? Yes. Yes, I love the only st- black and white. I love the story though, and I think it's a great story about being a, a about being a creator, and um, you know you have to roll with the punches, and and you know you're it is sometimes things you do create uh, get taken away from you, and that's the way the industry works. And I will say, I wish he like did the test of time because I think he's cuter than Mickey. Like I like his style better. Well, he had the the lucky um, he kind of. He had a lucky turn of events in that he went away after the 30s and then he came back in modern times when everyone's okay with embracing a retro look. So he's kind of always had like that cool 1920s animated look to him. And he's cool blue pants, and I like those. But Deep But bean, bean Bunny is a little I'm going to have to pick Bean. But I'll do some research on this you're other gonna bunny. Pick a, you're going to pick a Muppet after my inspiring story about... Uh, Walt Disney? I don't... I like the Muppets a lot. I'm just not obsessed with them. <laughs> I, don't want, I don't want the audience to think that I don't like the Muppets. They're the thing in my that's upper crazy 50. is that, like, I don't even love them. I don't love the Muppets. It's just, in, given the categories of Bunny... <laughs> you love... I went Given any pot, category. Giving any category. They just... Uh, they can apply so well. So, okay, we're going to go with, I guess, see, Deepu, you had a chance to stop it, and you kept it going. I know, I know. I'm like, what's it called? Stockholm Syndrome. <laughs> <laughs> I gave you a pretty good bunny, but no. All right, here we go. Round three, Frank versus the Killer Rabbit of Kilbanog. 
Oh, I mean, when it comes to evil rabbits, gotta go with the original. The OG. The OG. <laughs> but is it, it the way time works? Is yes. Frank actually before the killer rabbit? I have to say, that's this is my great problem with Donnie Darko. I think it's just one of those. It's one of those. Here we go. One of those easy. It's easy art. Like it's just because it has a lot of missing pieces. You may it makes you feel like there's more there. And when it's not more there, it's just missing pieces. I liked the mystery. I like the missing pieces. It was also visually gorgeous. Like I, I don't know the the whole like uh, uh, tone of that movie was like something that was pretty novel. Well, the first, it was like the first movie to but tell. Frank, is Frank any better than? Oh uh, no, I'm pro Killer Rabbit. The killer 100%. Rabbit. I mean, oh, I like that Killer Rabbit too. I just don't want to. We don't need to slam. We don't have to run Daddy Duncan through the mud. <laughs> also, they're siblings. It's like two. It's like a brother sister tag team. It is a little bit. They're like different reincarnations of each other. <laughs> uh, I want to go Killer Rabbit over Frank. I want to go Killer it. Rabbit over Frank. Oh, so even Deepu wants to go Killer Rabbit. Even Deepu. <laughs> Cadbury Bunny versus Bean Bunny. Oh, I mean, this is a no-brainer. I can't even defend Bean Bunny against Cadbury Bunny. <laughs> I like literally like Bean Bunny is my fourth choice. Again, I I do like the Muppets, but I don't lo- like. It's it's just like when you're looking at bunnies, I can't not have Bean Bunny in there. But clearly, Cadbury Bunny all the way. He's all scarf and no content. So Cadbury <laughs> Bunny all the way for me too. Yeah, Cadbury but, Bunny doesn't have a hoodie. But what is Brandon gonna do? A lover of Muppets and lover of puppets. Well, the uh, lover of it's chocolate. Two to three at that point, it doesn't even matter what I, what I, what I say. No, <laughs> no, Brandon, your voice always matters to me <laughs> and our listeners. It's always being Bunny. Really? Against the Cadbury Bunny? Yeah, because I don't think there's much substance in the be- in the Cadbury Bunny. But there's mystery. I guess it's there's the same a, as Donnie Darko. It's Darkville. literally full like of Cadbury a gooey, Bunny. white, sticky substance. <laughs> He's literally, his body is filled with Cadbury eggs. Oh, God, that's so horrible. <laughs> I didn't think about that. <laughs> oh. That's just that just disgusted me even further. But we're still. I want to. Go I want to make a snuff film where somebody cuts open a bunny and it's just full of Cadbury eggs. Don't ruin Cadbury eggs. It's one of the few good things. <laughs> that. That's all we we're, have. What are you guys doing next weekend? <laughs> no. I'm. No, I'm not a part of that. <laughs> Final round: The Killer Rabbit of Kilbanog versus Cadbury Bunny. So we've got, I would say, a rabbit that is all that's good and the rabbit that's all that's bad but they both are extreme mysteries <laughs> these are two enigmas two white bunny enigmas <laughs> they're enigmas wrapped in mystery and a wad of cash <laughs> and cash <laughs> um i this is a tough one for me i i'm slightly as much as i mean i love the holy grail love killer rabbit the cabaret bunny has a mystery to him, uh, like an essential element, a timelessness to him. And I kind of like, or her, actually, I don't even know if the cabaret bunny is male or female. To it, it, it just can... It has to be female because it lays eggs. I, but it's Whoa, like... it's a bunny, though. It's a bunny, so like all bets are off. <laughs> Biological rules. I mean, the only way no, we'll be able to tell is if we make a snuff film. It is also <laughs> clucking, so it's like a hen. 
I don't think yeah, rooster's clay. It's implied in the commercial that it's laying the eggs. I heard that I heard that the Cadbury Bunny was the first genderqueer character on television. <laughs> So I, I'm voting for them. So it, it biologically lays <laughs> eggs, but it, it identifies with being a male bunny? It's not for you to decide, Brandon. <laughs> <laughs> the only thing you need to decide on is whether you're getting a Cadbury cream egg or a Cadbury chocolate egg. Or a Cadbury caramel egg. I don't like the caramel eggs. <laughs> they're not as good. They're, they're <laughs> well, good. Brendan, I think you might end up being the deal breaker because if you, and this is in all facets of my life, if you put mystery head-to-head against absurdity and i think that's what we have here is the cadbury's mystery the killer bunny's absurdity i'm gonna go absurd over mystery oh interesting yeah i love i haven't even been really having a chance to even talk about how much i love i love the, the idea of the killer rabbit that whole sequence i think is perfect the holy hand grenade the uh, the, the tim the enchanter goes, look at the bones there's so much there there's so much there <laughs> Everything about it is the height of absurd. It is an it is a work of art where there is no it's it's just funny because they thought this thing out. Everything's great. I love that it has a crazy Welsh name, which is because it's Welsh rabbit. Yes, which is a, a delicacy, exactly. a local grilled cheese delicacy thing. It's there's so much it's a pun. It's when you, everyone thinks that Monty Python, Monty Python is nonsense when it is extremely well thought out mm-hmm. in every way. Um, You're losing deep boob. You're going to vote less yeah. for it. The more <laughs> it's about, about Monty Python, <laughs> the less deep boob is going to vote for the killer rabbit. <laughs> I like the killer rabbit of Calabarnock. I'm okay to relinquish because both are amazing to me. And they're both yours. And they're both mine. Test complete. The Toad's faves bunnies are... Number three, Frank. Number two, Cadbury Bunny. Number one, Killer Rabbit. Commence fave of the week segment. So my fave of the week um, is egg-related. After all this talk of Cadbury eggs, it is not the Cadbury egg. It is the Reese's egg, which in today's, in in this day and age, the Reese's egg has surpassed the Cadbury egg in my love because now I feel like I like the Cadbury mini eggs because they're smaller and a full Cadbury egg makes me feel a little bit sick. But a Mm -hmm. Reese's egg is the most perfect thing. They finally figured it out, like the size of... I love a mini Reese's peanut butter cup, but this is like two of those, and it's wider. And so it has just the perfect amount of peanut butter to chocolate, like a little bit better than the regular Reese's peanut butter cup. And it's so delicious and so good, and it's like my special treat every year. And I think it helps that they... Uh, even like now they've extended the run of Cadbury's eggs. You see them all the time now, but the Reese's peanut butter cup egg is only at Easter. And I love it. They do a Halloween version of it. They have an, and a Christmas version. That's a tree. Like really a triangle, but they really only have them for a week and then they go away. And I appreciate that. And I wish more like items were only, like only, what, I don't know what you would call that. Like a short shelf life. I love them too. They're my favorite of the uh, Reese's family, except for maybe Reese's pieces. Oh, interesting. I prefer a cup to a piece. <laughs> um, yeah, I just like to eat them at movies, and they're a little bit, uh, they have longer sustainability. That's true. The pieces. But I agree with you. 
Um, that's interesting, Zara, that you mentioned this like uh, wrapped delight as your favorite of the week because mine also has to do with a uh, wrapping of sort, but it's a little bit more blue. So if you have um, people listening under the age of seventeen, and uh, invite them to uh, cover their ears. No, are you guys Turn familiar? Are you guys familiar with the the mixed martial artist slash skateboarder slash radio host Jason Ellis? No. <laughs> so I'm giving him my favor of the week. He is a mixed martial artist slash skateboarder slash radio host at Sirius XM. And I guess it's like this long-standing thing that uh, George Takai has a big crush on him. Okay. And for George Takai's 80th birthday, this... Um, it's Takai. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> can, Sheila, can you f- fix that in post? Because I'm so embarrassed. <laughs> So uh, George Takei has a big crush on him, and uh, this like Joe, Mister Tough Guy, has recently come out as bisexual, which I think is like awesome too, because I think we need like more uh, variety of monks, mixed martial artists. But he uh, came on the Howard Stern show with his erect penis wrapped in wrapping paper as a present for George Takei. Oh, I missed and, that. that was Monday because it was George un- Takei's birthday. I yeah, missed and he that unwrapped day. it for him, but that was his gift was like, hey, old old gay man, I'm bisexual, I'm a macho dude, but here's my D wrapped up like a present for you. And I don't know, there's something beautiful about that, even though it's a little crude. Like live in the studio, he came out like that? Live in the studio. Wow. Yeah, they always do something um, special for George Takei's birthday. Oh, I wonder how Brad felt about that. I don't know who Brad... Oh, no. Actually, sorry. George Takei was really sweet, and he was like... Because like, he asked this guy who's now bisexual, like, oh, would you ever hook up with an an old man like me? And the guy said yes, and he's like, oh, well, I am deeply in love with my dear Brad. I would never do that to him. <laughs> but it's just good to know that the chance exists. So he even brought up how sweet his, uh, his, his, his Brad is. Yes, that's uh, it's one of the best... Uh, one of the most sweet relationships is him and his uh, long-term partner, Brad. Um, for, so I have a, a pick that I think Deepu would be really, really into. Um, I've ran into on the internet um, this YouTuber called Dan Bell. And what Dan Bell does is he goes to dead malls and... Oh, it's so cool. Them, uh, does walkthroughs of these dead malls. And... Um, and he also, these videos are great. They have this really cool, like, old Muzak kind of music that plays on them. And he intercuts with images of ads and movies and TV from the, you know, the late 70s and 80s and 90s. And it's just kind of a haunting thing that really just kind of makes you... Like think about like the march of time and in in it's done in so a well. It has really eerie because a lot it, of these dead malls still have their like ambient music being pumped. Well, into no, them. he he picks no, he puts that music. Oh, in. he does. It's so good. Yeah, so are they malls that are closed down and like no. some of them? Out, so so some of them are malls that he's broken into, but then a lot of them are malls that have one or two like nail salons left in them but these are places that were you know massive mega malls in the northeast and now they're just nothing and it's kind of creepy in like a post-apocalyptic way of like 
these were places where people went to, and you think, of, and then you th- start thinking about of how special and magical going to the mall was when you're a child, and how that doesn't yeah. exist anymore <laughs> at all. No, um, they're just Snapchatting pictures of oh, things. Oh, I remember one of the malls. Just to show you how sad it is, had used a closed down store's window to display dresses that were available for sale in the basement. Because they had so much space in the dead mall. They were just like other stores can put their stuff in the windows to just advertise because there was nothing in that space. Yeah. Well, it's fascinating. (laughs) One time in the Steubenville mall, which could seem like it could be easily featured in this thing. More than half of the shops were closed down, but it still sustained two Payless shoe stores. (laughs) There was like two separate independently owned Payless stores. It seems like all of the dead malls have a Payless shoe store, a a Radio Shack, a Bed Bath & Body Works. Oh, no, you just made a a fusion store that everybody wants to go to. (laughs) Bed Bath & Body Works? Bed Bath & Body Works, sorry. (laughs) Bath and Body Works. I love that. Scratch that. My new favorite of the week is Bed Bath and Body Works. <laughs> um, so, Deepu, where can people uh, get a hold of you? Oh, you know, you can get a hold of me at vpmurdy on twitter.com or uh, catch me in a show sometime at steelcityimprov.org. Um, for me, you can follow me on Twitter at ZaraFS. I do not tweet very often, but you can watch Watch What Happens Live on Bravo, Sunday through Thursday nights, live at 11. And you can follow me on Twitter at BB Werner and my comedy history educational project, uh, Laughing Historically, on YouTube uh, at Laughing Historically and on Instagram at Laughing Historically. Uh, and you can find all the back episodes of Toad's Faves on, uh, on iTunes and Stitcher and all of those wonderful places that podcasts are found, found. And please, as we're trying to do a lot more of these, as we always are, but I think this time we're going to, we're in a, we have it planned. We have it scheduled for a lot more of them in the future. So please tell someone to listen to this podcast <laughs> and we will continue to make more. And follow us on, I mean, we're on Instagram at Toad's Faves. We're on Twitter at Toad's Faves. On Facebook, Toad's Faves. Facebook has the embedded Stitcher link in it. Um, now That's an easy way to follow us or just um, download wherever your podcasts are stored. And in the, in the um, iTunes comments section, this, the, the question slash writing prompt for this week is, what's a category that Zara wouldn't pick a puppet for? <laughs> I'll find a way. <laughs> Zara will find a way. But when it's we do Disney rides, wait and see. <laughs> it won't be Muppets 3D. But it could be.